Hey everyone, I'm David Fins, and on this episode of the Cyber Insurance Imperative, we're going to talk about the new market bulletin issued by Lloyd's requiring exclusions for state-sponsored cyber attacks. There's been a lot of panic and misinformation about this bulletin, so as Macklemore might say, we're going to break down what it is, what it does, what it is, what it isn't. At the outset, let's be clear that Lloyd's is not walking away from cyber risk. The bulletin states, and I quote, Lloyd's remains strongly supportive of the writing of cyber attack cover, but recognizes also that cyber-related business continues to be an evolving risk. If not managed properly, it has the potential to expose the market to systemic risks that syndicates could struggle to manage, end quote. My point here is that Lloyd's is trying to make sure that the product is sustainable. Now that's what it is, let's talk about what it does. Lloyd's is asking its syndicates to insert clauses which limit coverage when a state actor is involved. The five requirements for these clauses are that they must, one, exclude losses arising from war, declared or otherwise, if the policy does not already have a separate exclusion in place. Two, exclude losses from state-sponsored cyber attacks that significantly impair either the function or security capabilities of a state. Three, be clear as to whether computer systems outside the state affected by the state-backed cyber attack are covered. Four, set out a robust basis for determining attribution. And five, ensure that all terms are clearly defined. Sounds a little onerous, and I'm not going to try to persuade you that this is a welcome development for policyholders, because it's not. However, a little perspective is in order. Take another look at that second requirement. Not every cyber attack which contains indicia of state sponsorship is going to fall under this exclusion. The attack has to significantly impair either the ability of the state to function or its security capabilities. And that's just within the territory of the intended target of the attack. Lloyd's appears to be giving its syndicates latitude to decide whether to even apply the exclusion to computer systems outside that territory. Perhaps some examples would be helpful. If you're a regular listener to this program, you've heard me mention the hack of the U.S. Office of Personnel Management. That was an attack by a state-sponsored entity, specifically operatives of the People's Liberation Army in China. It targeted the United States government, and in particular, the records of thousands of federal employees, including those requiring a national security clearance. Did it bring the functioning of the government to a halt? No. But I can tell you that folks in the intelligence community were not exactly comfortable with information collected in their background checks getting into the hands of a foreign government. Had the effects of this attack spilled over to military contractors, one could see how it might qualify under the exclusion. On the other hand, think back to the NotPetya attack. Originally targeted at the Ukrainian financial system, its victims spanned the globe. So even if it had been deemed to impair the functioning of the government in Kyiv, the scope of the exclusion doesn't necessarily extend to the vast range of businesses in the U.S., Europe, and Asia who were impacted by NotPetya. More than anything, what puts my mind at ease about this bulletin is what it isn't. And that's a blank check for the markets to deny coverage at their discretion. In fact, the bulletin requires that the underwriters set out a robust basis for determining attribution. This should help safeguard against arbitrary determinations by the syndicates in the adjustment of the claim. Not long ago, Lloyds had suggested that the markets could infer attribution for acts of war based upon the circumstances. 
This struck me as a recipe for browbeating me, in short, into avoiding such a determination by accepting pennies on the dollar in exchange for a claim release. Now, it remains to be seen what the process is going to look like in practice here. Although, one sovereign state attributing the attack to another would seem like a good place to start. The important thing is that the process should be mutually agreeable and set out in advance. So folks, the sky is definitely not falling. Alliant has been in consultation with our London partners and they concur that the underwriting appetite for cyber there remains challenging, but it hasn't evaporated. And we are still focused on securing the broadest coverage we can for our clients, including limiting the scope of the war exclusion and inserting carbacks for acts of cyber terrorism. If you'd like a copy of our white paper discussing coverage currently available in the market, you can DM me on LinkedIn or email me at david.fins at alliant.com. Educating our clients about the cyber insurance marketplace is just one more way that Alliant helps you find the more rewarding way to manage risk. Thanks for listening.